0: Monday, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I have had this week where I'm just like so angsty. I don't know what is going on with me, but I'm super angsty and like mad at the world for some reason. So I am really excited because I'm recording right after this and it's the episode that you're going to be listening to. So it's just amazing and it's going to be so good. And sometimes you just got to reset yourself and recognize that, you know what? this is just how I'm feeling. I'm just mad about life and don't really like what I'm doing. And that's okay. So I hope you're doing well and maybe not as angsty as I am, but I'm so excited for today's episode. Also, I should preface with I'm Paige. This is the it's hard podcast. If you're new here, welcome. We are a mental health focused community talking about life ain't easy. And also just a relatable and accepting space to talk openly about mental health or anything that is real and honest and vulnerable. And today's guest I'm so excited for, I've been waiting for Tori Birchie from make my mocktails. If you haven't followed or come across make my mocktails on Instagram, which I'm sure you have, she's amazing. So I randomly came across her, you know, well into my sober journey and all my friends would send me her reels and TikToks and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this girl's awesome. And I started following her and like commenting on her stuff and messaging with her. And eventually I was like, hey, I would love to have you on my show. Would you be willing? And she said, yes. So I'm really excited because I feel like I've been fangirling over her for a while. She creates zero proof forward content. We're going to talk about what that means in this episode, but essentially she is all about being accepting of, you know, being sober curious, but maybe wanting to just do life a little differently, not necessarily drink all the time, but also not be fully sober. And I just think it's really important to bring different perspectives on where I'm fully sober, but I believe that you can do things in moderation if that's what works for you. And I just love her content and her mission behind her content. And I think it's really cool, you know, to see somebody in this space that's doing things a little bit differently. So she's based in Austin, Texas. She lives there with her fiance and she creates mocktail recipes and shares reviews on different non-alcoholic beverages, which I'm going to get all her reviews and her top, you know, non-alcoholic wines and beers and what her favorites are. But I do think that she has such a cool mission. And so welcome to the show, Tori from make my mocktails. I hope you enjoy this one. How are you? This is so exciting to like meet you. (laughs) I know. I feel like it's
1: been such a long time coming and just seeing each other's stuff and chatting in the DMs and all that.
0: I know. It's so fun. I was literally just thinking about how I had followed you a while ago. And then my friends kept sending me your content and they're like, look at this girl. Like she makes mocktails, look what she does. And I was like, I know I love her stuff. So oh my God, like, all my friends today, I was like, I'm, I'm talking to Tori from make my mocktails. And they were really excited. So that's staple in our, our little circle for sure. Cause your content's so good. So I'm pumped.
1: I love that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped to talk to you because I feel like You just keep it super real and raw and just put it all out there and aren't afraid to like talk about why things are hard and life is hard and that's okay and how you can get through it. And I'm honestly excited to hear more about your journey too, because I just don't really know anything about your journey uh, and like how you've gotten here. And, And also honestly, like I think what I'm trying to figure out is because I'm not sober, I'm zero proof forward like how the, honestly, how the sober community resonates with my content um, and, and kind of figuring out that audience, because I want to provide inspiration for people to live a lifestyle that's not centered around drinking, but I also don't want the sober community to look at me and say, well, you're also drinking. So how did, how do those two relate? It feels kind of confusing to me. Okay. And I honestly would like, like to hear your view on it.
0: I'm so glad you asked that. And I want us to talk about that for sure, because what I always say, so I, to give you context, I got sober over a year ago. So it was May of 2021 and it was for a lot of different reasons, but essentially like my dad struggled with alcoholism along with my grandma. So it definitely runs in my family. I think it runs in a lot of families um i you know went through a relationship that was really centered around alcohol and there's a lot of alcohol abuse in that and so after a while i was just like this is giving me anxiety i don't enjoy it why am i doing it i would get horrible hangovers it sounds like that's similar to like what you experienced just Horrible hangovers, not fun. It's like, what's the purpose of this? Um, so I decided to quit and give it up. And I'm one of the lucky ones where I don't have, I didn't have to go through like AA or anything like that. I wasn't really using a lot. I didn't enjoy it that much. So it wasn't a huge shift for me. Um, but what I've always said, because my husband drinks, all of my friends drink, like, I think I have maybe one other sober friend or a couple other sober friends like back in Minnesota, but for the most part, most people in my life drink. So I've always said that I think it's really important that we're just accepting of everybody. Right. I obviously think like there's an issue with binge drinking in our society in general. And I think that that's that's not attractive (laughs) at all, but I do think that it's important to help people understand how you can be mindful when it comes to drinking because I think it's possible to drink in moderation. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. So I wanted to talk about that balance with you because I know that there's some people who have to go so like I have to be sober. It just it, it's not going to work yeah. for me. But how can we promote, like you're saying, more mindful drinking? That seems more approachable to me. It feels Absolutely. less scary than sobriety. So I can't speak for the whole sober community, obviously, but I know for myself, like having the ability to have a bridge between what's quote unquote normal and like sobriety feels really encouraging and approachable, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, that, that definitely resonates. And I think you, as you've heard the sober curious term is something that everyone is talking about now. And I think it's really good, but I think there's a connotation almost with it that by being sober curious you're curious in being completely sober Mm -hmm. and I actually don't think that that's the case and so how I describe myself is I went through my sober curious journey where I tried not revolving my life around alcohol and wanted to see how I felt and by going through that I realized that wow I actually crave the feeling of not drinking all the time, what that does for me, both physically and and mentally. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as I went through that journey, I did struggle with the gray area around being competitive with myself around the streak of not drinking. And I know a lot of sober people do feel a ton of value in the number, um, which I think is great. And I think it's necessary for so many people. But as someone who wasn't sober, I felt like it was limiting me in general, it was restricting me and I didn't want that. And so I did, a, have done a lot of work and it continues to be an ongoing thing in my life around how I balance it. But I feel like I'm in a really good place now where the majority of the time I'm not drinking because of how I feel, but I'm allowed to lean in when I want it. So I was in Europe for like a week and a half and And aperol spritz in Portugal on the beach, like sounded really good, and so I had one. Right, I wasn't going to restrict myself because I'm a mindful drinker. I'm a mindful drinker, which allows me to lean in when I want. You know, so I feel like I found a I've found a really good um, balance with it. And the pushback that I do hear though from some people is that you know mindful drinking should just be very easy, and so many people are already mindful drinkers. And for me, I'm someone who historically had had my life not centered around alcohol, but I made the spicy marks for the group. I found the cool cocktail bars. I made the reservation for wineries in Napa when I lived in SF. And so this shift is very different. And as someone who's in their late twenties, who's lived in big cities like New York and San Francisco and now Austin, naturally social interactions have a lot to do with alcohol. And so for me, this has felt like a pretty big shift, Um, but a really good one too, realizing that there is so much more to life than just going out to drink.
0: Yes. I love that. I want to go back to the sober curious thing. I so agree with you. I think it's a buzzword right now for sure. Like a buzz phrase. And I talked about this a little bit. I did an episode, um, this past Monday that was about sober October and just how I think sometimes we have these like dry January, sober October, like pushing this, like, sober, sober thing. Right. I think it's okay. If like you use sober October to just take a breather from drinking, if you want and see how you feel, like you said, I started to crave the feeling of how I felt when I didn't drink. And then also you could use it as an opportunity for a breakthrough, right? Like to really change and really, you know, if you want to go that direction of fully sober, if that's something that you're feeling called to, then you can do that. But I think that there's more opportunity for space in these types of things. And I yeah. think that mindful drinking again is just like it's a it's a step towards, you know, a much better lifestyle than what is really normalized in our society. And on that note with the social aspect of things, how have you found yourself in those situations, you know, how do you if you don't feel like drinking What's the language that you use? I think this is something that people struggle with all the time because there's so much pressure with drinking. For me, it's almost easier to just be like, I'm sober. I don't drink like period. No one questions me, but if you're someone who's a mindful drinker or you're wanting to step into that space, how do you balance that in social situations?
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to hit really quickly on your sober October point, because I agree with that so much in the sense that it feels as though people are doing it like a reset. Same thing for like dry January. People do it because they drank so much over the holidays and they feel like they need this reset or they ate so much during the holidays. And so they feel like they need this reset with going to the gym and having this new diet. And that to me just feels very off. It should be an opportunity, like you're saying, to explore what it would be like to be more mindful, to not have alcohol all the time. and then what happens after it. And that's that's why these just like month long things, I wanna be cautious about them because people should be doing them for the right, I mean, people can do what they want, right? But the right intentions behind them make them much more purposeful versus just more of a marketing ploy around being sober for a month uh, and it not having any really long lasting effects.
0: So I I feel like it's like the all or nothing mentality that we all live in. Right. It's like, like you're saying it's, it was probably wedding season. Everyone's drinking during wedding season. It's crazy. It's summer. It's all this stuff. And then boom, let's do sober October. And as someone who's in the sober community, I honestly didn't even know sober October was a thing. I don't know if it's new or what, but I think you saw my post where I was like, I guess sober October is a thing. Like here's some options. Like it is, it does just feel like an op- opportunity to just like throw out into the media. Like here's something that you all can do and something for us to all like jump on as people who are part of sober community or sober curious community. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, are we just doing this so that we can, yeah, like you're saying not drink for a month and then just go back to exactly how we were before. And that's why I wanted to do an episode that was about okay, what about, what if you did take a break and you might go back to it the way you went before, but maybe be really mindful in this month of taking note on how you feel and what does it mean to not drink? So that maybe you could shift into that mindful drinking space.
1: 100%. Yeah, no, I think it is a very new thing. I had never heard of it before. And now it seems to be all over the place, but I um, <laughs> completely agree with that on your question around how I identify it's, it's something that, I feel is very, it's very new in terms of how I talk about it and actually something that's really interesting. And my fiance similarly drinks, although he's gotten way more into athletic brewing and he loves Gia and he likes painting. And I, I did a full content day on Saturday. He was at golf. He came home and there were like six mocktails just sitting on the counter waiting for him. And then he had like four he had like four. And he was like, I, I know there's no alcohol in them, but I, I feel like I shouldn't have just had so many. So anyway, it was funny, but he's, he's a full champion on the mocktail side, but he, he does drink, uh, and you know, no problem with that. But when we first moved to Austin, we moved about three months ago, we were at, um, someone's apartment and playing, someone was playing a, a drinking game. And he said, uh, t- said about me, he said, he's driving tonight. And after the next day, I said to him, I was like, hey, you don't have to make an excuse for me. You don't have to say that I'm driving and make an excuse that why I'm not drinking. And he said, I'm so sorry. I honestly don't know. I word vomited. I don't know why I said that. What do you want me to say to people? Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking about it a bit more. I, I, I think I resonate with I just don't drink a lot or I'm more mindful when I do drink. Because people who've now seen me go through this shift have asked me, like, are you completely sober or when do you decide to drink? And it is a confusing question because when they do see me drink, they're like, oh, why are you having a drink now? Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's just trying to be intuitive with it. And I know, I know that being intuitive isn't easy for everyone. And I've had my own issues around like intuitive eating, but I think with drinking, I actually feel really good about when it's worth it or when I'm craving it. Mm-hmm. And When I know that I want it versus it just being offered somewhere and it feels like just to hold something in your hand, like those types of things aren't worth it for me. The other piece of all of that is just wanting to participate. And I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot over the past year is you just want to participate in having a drink with people. And and that's why non-alcoholic options have made that possible. And at the at-home experience is so easy for me. Uh, It's going out when you're at a place that has literally no option and when you ask them to make a mocktail they look at you like you have four heads those are the places that feel really hard to participate with your friends and that's where I see myself struggling the most.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh I so resonate with that I. I live in Utah. So obviously there's a lot of non-alcoholic options here because a lot of people don't drink here. So mocktails are a big thing. And I, I was following you when you were in Europe and I loved how many of the menus like had stuff on it and had the non-alcoholic options or like there, when I was in Sedona, it said like sober, curious options. Like it's becoming really common, but I so agree that when I go out with my friends, I just want to feel like I am yeah a part of the experience, you know? So when I go to a brewery and there's only diet Coke for me and I have to sit and drink six diet Cokes, I get really cranky and I'm done. Like, I'm like, okay, babe, I want to go home. And he doesn't get it. My husband, like he's he is the same way. It sounds like as your fiance, where it's like, he's getting into now I drink these like parched drinks and he like drinks those every once in a while. So he's starting to love it as well, but it's hard when you're out with friends cause they're drinking and they just feel like everyone feels like they do. And it's like, Hey, when you're not drinking, it's just a different experience. But then there's bars that have the non-alcoholic you know, athletic brewing and things like that. They have options. And I just always love that because I actually feel like I'm a part of it. So if I can choose that bar and they will have what I want, like I would always choose that. Whereas in like the middle of butt Wisconsin, it's like, you want something with no alcohol? Like, are you kidding me? So <laughs> it's,
1: it's really annoying. And, um, what I, I, I do think though, that the, the going, <laughs> It's made me reassess though what I like to do. I used to like to sit at a brewery outside or I guess even in New York, literally a dark brewery in the middle of winter all day with people and just drink. And now it just doesn't appeal to me and it's made me just rethink my activities and what I'm doing and where I'm spending my time. And I'm happy to do that every once in a while. It's just not as an attractive of a thing to do on a Saturday anymore. And so I think that shift to has been beneficial for me just as a person and feeling where I want to spend my energy. And a lot of the time, my energy doesn't want to be spent just all day drinking alcohol, frankly. Um, So, yeah, I totally get that. And I want to talk to you actually about the act of participating has come up so much with like wedding stuff in my own wedding. I'm in April and planning for offering a mocktail. And I want to hear what you ended up offering because I'm going through it right now in terms of working with uh, my venue in terms of like what they can order and what we're going to have. And I think it's a really fun option when you're at the end of the night, you don't want to just, or for some people hold just a bud light in their hand. You want to have some other option. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of dive more into that, but I want to hear what you did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that was actually a really fun part of the wedding. Cause obviously with me being sober, like my family was very much like we want, non-alcoholic options. And my dad is sober too. So, um, and then my mother-in-law doesn't really drink very much. She grew up very religious and so she doesn't drink a lot. So it was just nice to have options. And again, you know, back on even like your fiance, my husband, like my husband also was like, I don't. Really want to drink, and I asked him if he would, you know, probably not drink a lot on our wedding night because he didn't want to be wasted. I didn't really want him to be wasted; like it just didn't feel like what we wanted because we wanted to remember everything and and have a great time. And so what we did was we have this non alcoholic bottle shop now here in Salt Lake. I've posted a lot about them, but it's called Curiosity, and I went in there and I was like, "Do you guys do bulk orders for a wedding?" And they were like, yeah, absolutely. We'd totally do that. The thing that's different about my venue is that uh, we could bring our own stuff. So again, yeah, it's nice. different with like your venue. I don't know the rules and restrictions, but we could bring our own stuff. So we brought our own alcohol too. Um, and then we just ordered. So I actually have it here because of course Jack's like, Well, you're meeting with Tori, you have to have a mocktail. So he made me like the mocktail he makes. Oh me. my gosh. So <laughs> no. um, and so I got this like three spirit elixir. Yeah. And people loved this story. Like even my friends who drink were drinking this at the end of the night. And we only got, I think, four bottles. And this was the last one left over. And you just do like an ounce. It's not very much. You don't need a lot. No, yeah. you don't need a lot. Have you had this one?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, you've had this one. Okay. You yeah. Know. It's so, really good. But like my friends loved it. They were like drinking it as if it was alcohol, like all night. And and then we had those parts. Have you had the parches before? No. Okay. These are really good too. So it's that parch brand. I need to look into that. It's really good. It's woman owned, too. We love women love owned. That. We love um, that. So I did this like prickly paloma one. They have a couple other flavors, but I this is the only one I really, really like. But even like so, Jack mixes the three spirit with this, and it's super good. So they did that. And this one has adaptogens and botan- botanicals in it. So it has kind of that elixir, you know, feeling to it and then we had um a bunch of options of non-alcoholic beers so we had athletic we had well being is one of our favorites and then and we got all of it from curiosity so yeah i don't know what it would be like to bring stuff in and for the champagne toast too three spirit has like a sparkling beverage um that kind of looks like a champagne bottle and we got that and it tasted wow. really good so yeah. So we, we had a lot of options. Like we have a still, obviously like this stuff is still from the wedding. Like it's still left over. It's been over a month. So we have a ton of stuff still. Um, but still like our guests enjoyed it a lot too. Cause they all, you know, are very aware of me and what I like. And so yeah. they, none of them were super wasted, which was awesome. So yeah, I don't know what it would look like for your venue, but it was awesome to have just those options for people too.
1: That's so nice. Yeah. I think for ours, they said that they would be able to bulk order. And then I'm hoping that then, so it's it's going to be at my parents' club in Scottsdale Golf Club, I guess you could say. So I'm hoping that they order them, they see how they do, they have some leftover, then they start serving them there. So there's not alcoholic options there because they don't have any really right now. They have just like sugary mocktails on the menu, which obviously aren't good. So hoping, <laughs> that, hoping that we can influence to a certain extent.
0: Yes, that would be awesome. And I wonder. I mean, I can send you, um, like if they wanted to order through Curiosity. I don't know how that works, but you know they do wholesale ordering as well. So I don't know. Yeah, that's good to know. But yeah, it was so awesome and just nice. Like Jack was so happy that he wasn't, you know, really wasted. And you can still enjoy, like you said, again, enjoy beverages, enjoy something that tastes good you're not just drinking like water and diet coke and sugary mocktails all night you're enjoying something that's actually tasty um but also keeping with what you want to do you know
1: totally yeah i uh in terms of the actual night what all the feedback i've heard from everyone is just not to drink too much anyway you want to remember it you want to be there you want to be present you're going to be with your favorite people for 48 hours and it's all going to be over and you've planned months for this event so I, uh, I definitely resonate with that. And I think Cam, my fiance and I are pretty aligned on that as well. So slipping in, slipping him a mocktail every yeah. other drink or so.
0: Yes, absolutely. Have some Parch for him. He'll love it. He won't even know the difference. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I want to know, I know you kind of touched on it before, but I want to know how you went from like sober curious to now where you're at with zero proof forward and like what exactly that means to you.
1: Yeah. So I started experimenting with the sober curious lifestyle in November of last year, I would say that I probably went through. So I went through the end of the year and it felt like a really, really big deal. Um, I remember texting my dad and saying, Hey, I, I'm not going to, I'm taking a break from drinking. Just want to make sure that you respect that going home for the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And not that anyone would force anything on me, but just wanted to let him know. And I remember that being a big deal, but really got kind of a high off of not drinking and seeing everyone else wake up struggling and not <laughs> feeling great. And I'm, you know, out working out, making breakfast, having coffee, feeling, you know, amazing. And so I did it through the end of the year and I just remember coming back in January and I was talking to my therapist and I just felt such a big identity shift and that I was losing part of my identity because I've always been someone who was known, like I said earlier on the one to make the fun drinks, the one to seek out the cool spot, like living in New York and San Francisco, there were so many places to try out and meet up with people and make reservations for that now without drinking, like who was I or, it felt very jarring, but I knew that this experience I really enjoyed in terms of how I was feeling. Um, and that kind of felt, you know, more worth it to me. And so my, my therapist, you know, trying to suss out everything going on in my little brain, uh, (laughs) said that, and, and part of it is too. like, for me, it was being an expert on something. Like I love to be an expert on something, whether that's knowing what restaurant to go to or knowing what drink to make. And what she said to me, she was like, why don't you just be the mocktail expert? Mm. And so like anything I do, I kind of just took that idea and ran with it and just dove into the mocktail space. And I had no idea any of the brands that were out there. So Gia was really the first brand that I discovered. And I talk about them so much because I love them so much. Um, but it being that bitter aperitif, someone who loves Aperol spritzes, like having that option when I thought that really mocktails were only just sugary soda type things and now seeing, oh, there's actually a bitter aperitif. There's a spritz option. There's seed lip, There's so many things now, non-alcoholic wine, non-alcoholic beer. um, I really just dove in. And so Over the past or over the next kind of three to four months, just wanted to experiment with a lot of these brands uh, and really try to suss out like how I felt not drinking, how I felt in social situations, what that was doing for me, like I said, mentally and physically, and kind of was going through a lot anyway, just moving out of San Francisco. I had a lot going on in my corporate job, um, but ultimately I felt really good. And like I said earlier, I got a little fixated on the streak of not drinking. And really had to work through like why a number meant something to me versus what it was doing to me physically and mentally. Like I've I've kind of mentioned, it was like, why does a number matter ultimately at the end of the day? Like I'm doing, I'm not drinking as much because of how it's making me feel, not because of a certain number. And getting over that hump has been really helpful. And Kim, my fiance, I talked to a lot about it because what he said to me is you're not sober and you don't need to be sober unless you want to, if you want to drink, you're able to lean in. Um, That's why you're experimenting with this type of lifestyle. And that's really helped me to reframe why I'm doing this and not feeling like a fraud. And I honestly kind of felt like a fraud. I was like, I have this mocktail account, but I'm, you know, drinking here and there. And so over time, I've shifted now into this mindset around I'm inspiring you to not revolve your life around drinking. Everything that we do today, everything in corporate culture, like I work in a tech community where, you know, going out with clients is a part of my job that has a lot of revolved around drinking. Being in a being in Austin, there's so many drinking opportunities. You know, sitting outside and having alcohol, having drinks um, being in your late twenties, going to weddings, like there's so much of your life that's surrounded around alcohol, but why does it, why is it alcohol? Like why, why is it just a really tasty beverage that you're enjoying with your friends? And that's, that's how I reframed. Like when I want to drink, do I want alcohol or do I just want something in a really cool glass that tastes good? And so that's more how I've been thinking about it. I'm still really focused on kind of just recreating that, that girl's night in a more mindful way and wanting to, to be doing more of that. And so um, that's where I sit today. I'm I'm trying to build more community around it Mm -hmm. and have the conversation because I think a lot of people are feeling more inclined to experiment with it. And the social aspect is the one thing that's really holding them back.
0: Yeah. Do you think it takes, a sense of, it has to take some sort of confidence to just be able to say, cause I know for myself, I said it earlier, it's easy for me because I can just say, I don't drink. Yeah. And so it's like to be in that space of I'm a mindful drinker. It takes an element of, of confidence that you have to build. Do you resonate with that? Yeah, I, I do. I think
1: it's taken time though. And it also, it also feels a little different because I'm not I think at the stage that I'm in right now, I feel really confident doing it. I don't think I would have felt as confident when I was right out of school in New York, going out late into the depths of the night with friends. Um, And I think if I wanted to to do that at that point in time, I would have had to change the people that I was hanging out with and change the activities that I was doing um, at that point. And so for me now, I just feel so confident in how I feel without drinking that it doesn't even like seem as, it doesn't really seem like a question anymore in my mind. And the people who challenge you in my mind are more insecure about their relationship with alcohol. And I'm sure you've seen that a lot. It's like, why, why would you care if I'm not drinking? That's not literally affecting you at all, unless I'm being a party pooper. If I'm being a party pooper, then I will leave or I should not be there. And I don't want to set a negative mindset at all. And I will never judge anyone for drinking. I will only show what leading a zero pro forward lifestyle has done for me.
0: Yeah, I love that. My mom actually used to say that to me all the time, like in high school. This is so funny. High school and college, because like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't a big drinker at all. I mean, I didn't drink alcohol. I feel like usually people start drinking really young. I didn't start until like my senior year of high school because my dad, I was just like so scarred. And then people would always pressure me like through high school and college. Cause I just never drank as much as everyone else. And they're like, you're so lame. Like all this stuff, like, why won't you drink? And they'd like get mad. And my mom said the exact same thing. She's like, those people who are saying those things to you are more insecure about their relationship with alcohol than they are about the fact, like, why would their fun be impacted by whether or not you're drinking? And half the time I would hide that I wasn't drinking. I'd put, you know, LaCroix in a koozie and just like, try to make it not obvious, you know? And so I do agree with that and I think that's such a good reminder for people as they're exploring this that it's not about other people it's about how you feel and yeah. that's what's most important.
1: The the thing that I found really interesting too that is I don't know I would love to hear your take on this but I've asked people recently so so people have asked me like what do you what do you get when you're at a bar? Say you're at like a dive bar what what would you get or what would you order? And usually I say If they're a good bartender, I would ask them to make something that's uh, refreshing, but not too sweet. Mm -hmm. If it's total dive bar, I'll just say, can I have like grapefruit and, uh, you know, sparkling water and a lime or something like that. Right. And when I asked people, I think I did like a TikTok, I was like, what do you guys order at a bar? And a lot of people said that they ordered something to make it look like they were drinking a gin and tonic or a soda water. Um, or that soda water, <laughs> tequila soda, <laughs> or uh, vodka soda, or cranberry vodka, something like that. They wanted it to look like alcohol. And when I asked most of them why they felt like they needed it to look like alcohol, it was so that they wouldn't get asked questions, more specifically, asked questions if they were pregnant.
0: Yeah. And
1: I thought that that was, I had never thought about that before because I'm not at the stage where I'm going to be having kids anytime soon. But I know those questions are coming. And some of my friends who are married, those questions have been coming, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. And honestly, it was so sad for me to hear that people feel as though they need to get something that's looking like alcohol. One, because one, because they'll get asked if they're pregnant and two, a lot of them and would be in you think, but they just don't want to explain it. It's just much easier if they don't have to Explain that they're sober or explain that they're a mindful drinker or explain any backstory around why they're not drinking. And that to me just seems so backwards on why people care so much. It comes back to the question, like why do people care so much? Um, and I just don't have the answer.
0: I know. I feel like I don't either because I know in the beginning I would do that too, or like, you know, it went before I was even sober, I would do that, where I just didn't want the questions, I didn't want the the pestering and the bullying that exists. And I think that's a lot of what it is, is just the fact that people can be so cruel and like just so rude. And the pressure that exists makes you feel like, you know, I'm not fun. I'm not cool. I'm not all these things that society tells us going and getting wasted is like the cool thing to do. Like that's what cool girls do. And so it was like, I think a lot of that was just trying to avoid those things, but today, obviously I don't do any of that because I'm sober. So I just am straight up carrying a LaCroix around the arcade bar that we go to on a Friday night. And I don't care, you know, but at the same time, I I don't know. I don't feel like I have the answer for it either. Like, I think it's just such a hard thing and it's, I don't know if it makes sense in any of our brains, like why we feel the need to do that. And I feel like it's just so subconscious at this point that society has taught us that this is the way to do it. And if you don't do it, there's something wrong with you or different about you. Like you're pregnant or, Oh, even just getting asked, you know, Oh, why don't you drink? Did you have a problem? Were you addicted to alcohol? Were you, you know, what happened to you? Why do you do that? It's really challenging to go against the grain without really having a quote unquote, reason to do so even even
1: the i'm driving tonight like Ah. the excuse for it um and and i think alcohol has been it's crazy when i see these ads like it's so glamorized compared to how it actually makes you feel and look (laughs) it's so glamorized it's like it's like it makes you think that you're going to wake up feeling like you had a facial and massage, and you have this newfound, you know, mindset and all these things. And it's like, no, you literally feel like shit. When <laughs> and so that's why I'm trying to re-glamorize not drinking, and yeah. that's what I'm trying to do with all of these options. And honestly, so many people, I can't even tell you how many people have DM me, texted me, in person, have been like. Oh my God, I want to have so many more mocktails now because of, because of like what you've put out there. And I'm not saying that I've made any difference or anything, but I I think it's people are open to having the conversation when they see other people doing it and they're more interested in it, but because it hasn't been as talked about, Recently, I mean, in the past, you know, one year, two years, it's been a much bigger trend, but because it's something that's so much newer, I think people are really excited about it because they've been wanting to do this. They've just felt this pressure to not, or they've felt pressure to hide not drinking historically.
0: Have you read quit like a woman before? I, I did, but I need to reread it. I know I need to reread it too, but she talks, Holly talks about, um, The cigarette industry, like big cigarette. Do you remember that part? And it's it reminded me so much of what you just said, where cigarettes were so glamorized like, oh, yeah, all the hot girls are smoking cigarettes and like you know, everybody who's cool does it. And yeah, it's like grease lightning and all these, whatever this bullshit. But essentially it was all about how glamorized cigarettes were. And she thinks that alcohol is legitimately the same thing. And we'll discover, which we already are discovering that it poisons us and we're all addicted and you know, it's killing us slowly and it kills people. It killed my grandma, like literally alcohol killed my grandma. So I just think that there's so much to be said about that, that it is so glamorized, but we're only trusting what we're told. We're not looking at, like you said, how we actually feel every day. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed like changes in your body since slowing your drinking down, but like, since I stopped, like I, I am much more muscular than I was. I gained muscle a lot quicker. My face thinned out. I carry less water weight. I Eat better. I have less like cravings of bad things. And overall, I'm just a healthier human being. My skin is better. And I just think that we don't talk about that enough where it's, you can again have great drinks and fancy glasses and do all the fun things and be a part of it. But then you can also wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday and go for a hike and have coffee and enjoy your life and feel healthy too.
1: Yeah. No, I, uh, I've definitely noticed a shift. Like people have said, is your skin, I mean, my skin is not amazing, but it's, people have said, does your skin look so good because of not drinking? And yeah, I don't have these random breakouts anymore. Um, I definitely feel more muscle. I make better. the, The biggest thing for me is just making better decisions. And I've been someone who's always uh, have eaten on the healthier side. I love cooking. I love eating whole, wholesome foods. Um, but I, when I was drinking more, I would wake up and I wouldn't want to work out. I wouldn't want to make the healthier decision around what I was eating. And I can even tell now. And sometimes when I, when I do have a drink or two, I can feel that kind of coming back that, oh, I had a drink. So I, I can make that bad decision. You know, like I can't eat, I can't eat more. I can't eat unhealthier and everything in moderation, right? Like, you know, you're going to have your days, you're going to eat more or, um, or unhealthy or not. But overall, I felt a ton better in the decisions that I'm just making on a daily basis, because also I'm so clear-minded. Like I don't have any of that brain fog that I would used to have the next day after drinking or even the day after. Um, none of that, which is like, I, I just don't have impaired judgment, which I feel like has been a thing. And then also mentally just my relationship. I feel so much healthier in relationships too. Like, I feel like I would snap easier or just get into drunken, stupid arguments with my friends. And that is something that I did not want to continue.
0: Totally. Yeah. I feel like there's so much to be said about that. And I agree so much. I'm just a more clear-minded person, which makes sense. But, but it shows that like, I hope that when people are listening to this, they're taking away that we're two different people with two different styles of how we approach alcohol. And that can exist in the, in the moderation space as well. Like I think sometimes people listen to this content on sobriety all the time. And like we touched on in the beginning, it feels really distant and it feels really challenging but it's important to note that you can drink in moderation or mindfully, and you can still feel these effects, you know, you can still benefit.
1: Totally. And and to your and what you said earlier, it's just a much more accessible way to think about your drinking habits without having to completely change your life, but reaping some of the benefits. And I think it's been such a good reframe for me personally, because of how it makes you feel about just honestly, how you're, how you're going about things on a day-to-day basis, personally, professionally, um, the activities that you're doing, where you're spending your time. And it actually makes you realize how big of a part alcohol plays in so many different aspects. Once you actually take a step back and think about it. Um, and you know, if you were drinking multiple times per week and actually shifting that to just the weekends and how that's making you feel, I think, any steps in terms of trying it, people are going to notice a difference and we're not telling them to act one way or another. We're just saying like, yeah, here's how you can have a reframe from drinking. doesn't have to control your life. You don't have to, you don't have to feel this way if you don't want to. And the options are so good now. Like there are so many good non-alcoholic options. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like stunned every time I see a different brand that has come out in terms of like what they're creating and to your point on the the um the bottle shops there's so many different uh non-alcoholic shops that are going like popping up everywhere which I think is awesome
0: it's so cool do you have one in Austin yet oh but
1: i did talk to someone recently that so i wanted to start one and then i realized it wasn't going to be practical um but yeah. <laughs> i i was like I can't work at the store all day. Um, I talked to someone recently who has a store in a different city who is thinking about Austin as expansion. So I would assume that it would be coming soon. I mean, I, I do think that is like the one limitation today. A lot of people ask me, where do I get it? And a lot of it is just D2C, which, and honestly, a lot of them are decently expensive, yeah. which I think for that, how I think about it is like less around it Like, how should I say this? I don't care. I'm not paying for the alcohol necessarily. It's like, I'm just paying for the brand to be able to enjoy and participate in something that's a fun drink. And so I honestly don't mind paying up for it, but it definitely is an investment. Totally. For some people. And when you have so many different brands and you're buying DTC, it can kind of get a lot and they only have big bottle options. And so you can't taste it and see if you would know what it would taste like. I think that's actually one of the bigger limitations today. But yeah, no, I'm hoping that we get one soon because it would honestly just make it easier to pop it and be like, hey, we're going to pull this first. Now I have to plan like five to seven days in advance of do I want to <laughs> order this for this
0: weekend. Totally. And that's the nice thing too with our bottle shop is like we can go in there and taste. So like yes. at the wedding, we like tasted beers and like my dad came with for that because he's, he doesn't drink. And so when he was in town, he came with, and I'm like, which one do you like the best? Like we got to taste things. We tasted the three spirit. Like, it's just so much nicer than, yeah. Making that commitment. Like I, we, we did ritual, uh, tequila. I think it's ritual. The zero proof stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good, like it's fine, right? But like my friends were taking a shot at my bachelorette party and they gave me a shot of like the ritual. And I'm like, you don't take shots of this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It tastes worse than tequila if you It's can not the same. <laughs> it's horrible.
1: It's not the same. No. So who needs who needs a cake tasting when you can have a non-alcoholic beverage tasting? That's what I'm saying. I love it.
0: I didn't have cake. I just had a cupcake. We also did cupcake tasting, but you know what? It's all the good things at once. So it's just so nice. And I get asked the same thing all the time. Like even when I posted about, um, curiosity, people always respond and are like, Oh my gosh, where is this? Where is this? But a lot of the people that follow me are like in Minnesota or elsewhere. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like these are coming, I think, but they are very rare right now. Yeah. I have a
1: a somewhat random question, but related. Love it. How do you feel as someone sober about zero percent versus zero point five
0: percent? Okay, that's a really good question. Because I've I- had
1: I've had people ask me specifically, do you, like what zero percent alcohols do you recommend? And I've had sober people who never want a lick of alcohol to touch their lips, mm. any ABV. And then I have some sober people who I've talked to who are totally fine drinking everything zero proof slash less than 0.5% in terms of like a lot of the beers and wines yeah. have that. So it would be interested to hear your your view.
0: That's a really good question. I haven't gotten asked that before and I find it interesting that, you know, people are, you know, curious about that. But that makes sense. Like if you've struggled with strong addiction. Um, I can imagine that it would be really challenging to get yourself to do something that's 0.5. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me. I feel like I drink kombucha and that's usually point less than 0.5. So that's what kind of eases my mind about it. Cause at first I was a little bit like, huh? Like 0.5. Is that okay? Like, can I drink this? Um, but a lot of times like with those non-alcoholics, I think it's just like, isn't it just the hops or whatever? I mean, it's not impacting me. I've never felt like a buzz from any of it. Um, and I think that there's a similar argument around, and I'm curious your thoughts on this elixirs and like adaptogens, like, is there an argument around that as well, being that it could technically be considered like mind altering?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I I don't know enough about this, but, and I I don't know how people identify, I I think sober can mean many different things. Right. And for me on mindful drinking, I don't like the negative effects of alcohol, but honestly having one drink and having a little buzz, I do, I do like that. Yeah. I don't like the feeling of being blackout drunk and I don't like the hangover the next day. But for me, personally, I am totally okay with a little mind-altering substance. Yeah. Um, for some, I, I honestly haven't really tried that many of them. And one time I gave my fiance a recess in the middle of the day, and he is very <laughs> he is very sensitive to those things. And he was <laughs> like, what was in that? And I was like, I honestly don't know. Um, and so I, because I, I think it, some of them like also have caffeine. I think can, I don't, I actually haven't really experimented with a lot of those, but some of them have caffeine. Some of them are trying to have, you know, a little bit more of that to your, like what you said, adaptogen and feeling differently. I think that's okay. I just, I don't know how much you can drink of all of them. Like I don't know how scalable it is, but I do think if you are okay with that type of feeling and you want that, you just don't want the hangover, then it could be a good option
0: and it's all natural. Like that's the purpose of it is supposed to be that it's like, it's natural. So it's not supposed to be, you know, comparable in a way. Um, and it definitely, like, I don't feel anything after one I've like, maybe on my wedding, I like that also could have been adrenaline, but I had like several of them in one night. So I might've felt just a little more calm, but I've only ever felt calm and like just a little bit, you know, happier or whatever, but nothing too crazy. So, yeah, I think that there's again, I think it goes back to like this one or the other thing. Like, you can't, everything has to be like you either have to do this or that, and you can't be in between. I just think it's whatever works for people. Like,
1: yeah, I, I
0: call myself sober, and yeah, sober can get messy sometimes because that's like, okay, do you not smoke weed? Do you not? And I don't, but like, I've done edibles while I've been in like my sobriety before. Um, but I hate it. Like, I just don't like, you know, ultra mind altering substances for my anxiety. It doesn't work. So I've done it like one time when I was sober and I was like, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing that again, but everyone's different. Like some people might be able to handle weed and be okay. Um, whereas, you know, drinking is just not what they want to do or the 0.5%. Like, yeah, if you can have one of those and it doesn't bother you, like, I think that's fine. It's not a regular beer by any means. And it's nowhere near a regular beer. And it's just kind of, they, I feel like a lot of times they just have to say that it has 0. 0.5 in it. Cause it could have traces. So, you yeah. yeah. I don't know. I,
1: I, um, I also think it's worth mentioning just because this podcast is the, it's hard podcast is that I, it can be hard not drinking. And there are times when I think about it and I'm like, I wish I could just go back to how I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to everything that I've said on this podcast, but it's, it's, it is a feeling that I have where I'm like, why can't I just go back to drinking, going out and drinking a bunch of cocktails and, you know, getting getting into like Cam and I used to love getting really into different wines and like learning about wines and that's just a hobby that we don't do anymore because I've stopped really drinking wine and so it makes me sad sometimes to honestly like think about what my old life was and. It's hard to articulate why, because I'm so happy with where I am in my drinking journey, but it does make me feel almost nostalgic to what it used to be and how I, how I used to be. Um, And again, like when talking to my therapist about it, what she, she's said to me is that you can continue to grow and evolve and you don't have to be the same person that you always were. And you can look back on times in your life and be happy or nostalgic or proud of who you were,
0: but that doesn't mean
1: that person has to be the same five, 10, 15, 50 years from now. And I, so I, I do think, and I, and I don't know how to necessarily articulate it, but there are times where I think about what my old life was and like how I could go back to it. And two things that come out of that is one is I then remind myself how happy I am with mentally, how much freer I feel without revolving my life around alcohol. And then two is that because I haven't labeled myself as anything, because I don't have restrictions, I am not set in anything. And this is working for me right now. And what we've talked about around accessibility is that I think that's why being a mindful drinker, whether that's forever or at a point in time, it makes it so much easier because you're not putting this Quote unquote, like label around yourself. So if you're someone who is interested in doing this, like you literally don't have to commit to anything and don't owe anyone anything.
0: Yes. Oh, Tori, I'm so glad you said all of that because I agree with you. Like it's easy to assume that people like yourself and myself who promote and talk so much about sobriety, it's easy to assume that we think it's just great, the greatest thing ever. And it's so easy and it's all this stuff. But it is really hard, and the, I have a, a also been through very similar feelings of like I used to be so fun, and what happened to me? I'm not fun anymore, and I get in my head about that type of stuff, and it is challenging. And I think you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about your experience and how you went from I'm gonna try not drinking. You know, I'm gonna be sober curious to then all of a sudden becoming the mocktail expert. And that's doing really well. And you're reaching a lot of people and you're gaining traction on that. And it's helping a lot of people. And it's almost like you didn't get to like grieve and say goodbye to that phase of your life. If that makes sense, like you just kind of shifted into this new phase and it wasn't like this intentional, like, okay, now I'm going into, I had this moment of like, I'm done drinking. So it's this life was then, and this life is now, whereas your transition was slower and just a little bit more gradual that it wasn't really that, you know, direct decision of like, I am completely changing exactly who I am.
1: Yeah. I think it was, I think it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm going to be the mocktail expert. I can only drink mocktails. I can only, I have to be, I'm, I'm building this community. I can only be zero proof for right now. And then that led me into, wait, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. I'm not sober. I need to rethink this. And as now, so like transitioning too quickly to realizing that I don't have to be only that to now getting into a place where I'm able to enjoy alcohol for what it is Mm -hmm. and when I want it. And that probably means one drink every so often or two drinks every so often. Um, And so now I'm coming back to the appreciation for when I want it, but exactly to your point, I just dove in so fast that I never had this moment to be like, okay, like this is, this is kind of it for a while, um, in terms of really, really enjoying this. And because it was so much like a hobby for me too. So totally resonates. Um, it's very, it's a very interesting process mentally to, to kind of go through And that's why I try to, as you do too, on social media, like I try to be pretty real with people around how I'm feeling because it can look super glamorized and what I'm doing and how I'm feeling and how much better it is not to drink, but, uh, it comes with its own challenges and, uh, that's not to be discounted. But at the end of the day, I think about what the positives are in that point in time and really just going again, like I said, intuitively around how I'm trying to feel about
0: it. I love that. Yeah. I think that it's just, it's such a journey and it's, it's never going to be perfect by any means. And I just love, you know, also highlighting the fact that it is hard and it's not always easy and it's not finite, you know, it's, that's again, what I want people to, why I want people to gravitate towards your content. I vividly remember when you like first posted about, Hey, like I am, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I don't know how or what I want to do with this. And then now seeing you move into this zero proof forward is just so cool. And I am so drawn to it. And I think that's just because I, I know that this sobriety style is not for everybody. And I don't want My content to promote just sobriety. I want it to be able to also just show you that there's other options for you. You don't have to be one or the other. You can sit in the middle and that's okay. You know, whatever's healthy for you. And so I love that you are have gone from I have to only drink mocktails to like, hey, let's find the balance. Let's teach people how to be intuitive. You said it earlier. Intuitive is so hard. And like finding your intuition and knowing like when you want to drink. I can't imagine how challenging that is. Like I have to be a one or the other because I have addicts in my family. Like I just have to go the one direction, but not other people need that. People can find their intuition and they can decide what's best for them. And I just think your content is so amazing for that. So you're just doing Thank the. Best. You. That means <laughs> so much. Um. Okay. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you rapid fire. Oh man. Okay ready? These are going to be pretty, maybe they'll be easy, but
1: okay.
0: they're just about your favorite non-alcoholic options in each category. Cool. So no. Okay. You ready? Okay. What's your favorite mocktail recipe right now?
1: Favorite mocktail recipe right now is probably a spicy Paloma virgin.
0: Mm, love. It. I know you like
1: grapefruit, so that's probably right up your alley.
0: Love grapefruit, love Palomas, all the Mexican style drinks. I'm so for. So you have a recipe on your on your Instagram. Yeah, I do. Okay. People go check it out. Make my mocktails. Slight plug. Um, okay. Best non-alcoholic wine.
1: Ooh, I really like Studio Null. I think they do a really, really good job. Uh it's also women owned. A lot of non-alcoholic brands out there, or there's becoming a lot more women owned, which I love, but they source their grapes from Germany and Spain. They do the whole de-alcoholize the wine. Um, I really like theirs. And it's dry, low sugar. I do not like super sugary wines.
0: Me either. I got to try Studio Null. They have it at Curiosity, so I got to try it. Yeah, you do. Um, favorite NA beer? Okay.
1: Best Day Brewing, West Coast IPA. I love. They don't have a ton of distribution, Okay, but... They're based in Sausalito and I love them. Best day, you said? Best day, yeah.
0: I haven't tried them. I'll have to try it. Um, Best NA spirit.
1: I really like Seedlip. Um, Higher price point, but I I really like Seedlip and I really like their branding. And something interesting that someone told me when I was in London, which what you saw from my content, London, every single place I went to had amazing non-alcoholic options. It was crazy. Um, they're so ahead, so ahead of the trend. They are totally ahead of it. Yeah. Um, someone told me that seed lip went into like every bar in London and was like, hey, this is a non-alcoholic spirit. Like, here you go. And it was just on their bar, and it's super mainstream in Europe because and I don't know if this is any that any of this is true. This is what yeah. someone told me, but it's everywhere in London. Um, and I think it's just a much more global brand than what we see in the US. Like you still see it at higher end. Bars awesome. and restaurants in the US, uh, but it is everywhere in London.
0: That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, best NA canned drink.
1: Pita, spritz, lime and salt.
0: Okay. I need to try them. I've seen them literally everywhere. It is my
1: absolute favorite.
0: Okay. I need to try it. Okay. That's all of those. What okay, finally, what's next for Make My Mocktails? I feel like you've been hinting at all these exciting things you've got going. You don't have to share the deets, but what's next? What are you excited about?
1: So, I'm excited about an event I'm having with two of my friends in the uh kind of like wellness space, having an event in Austin in 2 weeks which I'm really excited about. Um like first in-person event. And then there is a kind of shift in the brand coming that I'm really excited about. Um I want to expand the brand in a way that I can make it much more scalable. And so there's more to come. There may include some product. Um, so I'm excited for that, but we'll see hopefully in a couple of weeks.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Well, Tori, thank you. If I ever find myself in Austin, we need to meet up. Um, Oh my God. Yes. Hang out. I have friends there, so I need to get my myself there someday. And if you're ever in Salt Lake, let me know, let's hang out. But this was so fun to chat with you and just get to know you a bit better. And you just are, you're awesome. Thanks for all the questions back. It was just so fun to just chat. Thank you. I'm
1: so glad we made this work. I love what you're doing. You're keeping it real. I'm glad we got to chat. I'm pumped to continue the dialogue. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely.